Good morning, my brothers and sisters, under the sound of my voice. This is Minister Anthony Bonner of Truth Turned Up Ministries. Today is Thursday morning, coming to you live on the podcast uh, with a message today on prayer. I've been asked by a very dear friend of mine and a little brother in the faith to uh, expound on this issue a little bit, which is surely one of the most important issues that is not utilized or underutilized or not fully understood to whom those who have been blessed and given the most gracious and highest privilege of God to pray and to come to him in prayer. So before we begin, let us just do that. Let us pray that God will give me wisdom, will give me knowledge, will give me understanding to present this message in such a simple way that it will be a blessing upon the hearers uh, and the hearts of those who receive this message. Because after Jesus Christ, prayer is surely the greatest gift he's given us to stay connected to him and to be able to access him at all times from all places, regardless of the situation we find ourselves or the times or the generation Nothing can separate us from God. Hallelujah. Dear God, oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you for this opportunity this morning. We never take for granted that we're in the land of the living in our right minds with the activities of all of our limbs, oh, Heavenly Father. Able, oh, Heavenly Father, to keep our minds stayed upon thee, oh, Heavenly Father, that you may keep us in perfect peace. Knowing prayer allows us to enter into that place of peace and sup, O Heavenly Father, with the Prince of Peace. Bless us on today. Guide my steps, O Heavenly Father. Order the workings of my tongue, that your people may be empowered to come to a higher level of fellowship and intimacy with you through their individual prayers. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, my brothers and sisters. Again, this will probably be a a series Surely won't get it all done here today in this first um, episode. So let's just go forth and see what God's going to do. And we'll stop as the Holy Spirit gives uh, an unction and a leading. And uh, we'll pick up on the following episode. So just to begin, let's just talk a little bit about prayer. You know, the Bible speaks very much about it. And we know that it's been given unto God's children. You know, we know when it was given. We know why it was given. And we're going to get into a little bit of that. So let's just talk about what it is first and foremost. To me, prayer is the vehicle through which the child of God is allowed to travel upon the highway of life, regardless of what's going on on that highway. Now, faith in itself is the highway that God has provided and given to his children to overcome, to be more than conquerors, to um, be able to deny themselves and come out of their old way of living, moving, and having their being into this new creature, this new creation this new realm that he's ushered in through Jesus Christ, which is nothing more than the kingdom of God. It's God's order, the kingdom of heaven, 
which we'll get into, which one of his prayers tells us to bring heaven into earth through prayer. We have the opportunity to access God, to operate as little gods, and to allow God's will to be done in the earth through prayer. So prayer is the vehicle. Faith is the highway. That's the way we can unite them. That when we're in faith, in real faith, believing God, with no obstacles, with no doubt, with no fear, standing on his promises. Now we can enter the vehicle of prayer and pull those things down that God intends to do in the earth. Because when in real faith, our mind has been renewed, our hearts have been, they've been turned from hearts of stone into hearts of flesh. And now we're truly seeking after the things of God that the order of God may be instituted in the earth and we can begin to see the kingdom of God advance and spread for God's glory. Prayer is the closest we can come to God in this life. None of us will physically see him with our eyes, but we can physically, intimately experience him in our spirit. When the Holy Ghost comes upon you, which it says in Luke 4, 18 and 19, that the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he he has anointed me because the spirit comes upon you to do something supernatural for the advancement of God's kingdom and for God's glory and for you to increase in faith, to increase fellowship, to increase intimacy. To cause you to have a greater hunger, a greater thirst to go into a deeper search for him, understanding that the deeper you get in God, the further you come out of the natural world, that the more dependency you have on the kingdom of God, the less dependency you have on the society, the culture, the way of things in this natural world. This is God's desire for all of his children that we seek this liberty that has been given to us through the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was the God man. He's the only door to God. No man can come to the father unless they come through Christ. When Christ died and ascended, that privilege was given to all that would follow after him and become sons and daughters. They now would become the God men of the earth. They would now have a power that would be bestowed upon them because order had been restored in the earth. All that Satan had accomplished through the fall in the garden of Adam and Eve was now wiped clean. Man could now travel once again upon the highway of faith through his prayer, not simply petitioning God for his fleshly needs because he was now long, he was no longer now operating in the flesh. He was now a spirit being. He was no longer thinking about himself and his needs. He would now be thinking only about God's will. That's why prayer is so important. And that's why prayer must be intentional and it must be pointed. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, yes, yes. We have to get into the place where our prayer time And our intimate time with God is set aside as the most important time of our day. It is the most important thing we do in our life. You see, because we can function without everything else in this life except prayer. Because prayer 
works. Prayer fixes things. Prayer restores things. Prayer removes things. Prayer moves God on your behalf because you're his son. You're his daughter. It is a privilege. It's part of your inheritance. Hallelujah. Prayer is a conversation with God in its simplicity. I can simply, in no formal manner, sit on my couch, sit in the park. I can be in the bathroom. Uh, I can be down on my knees. I can be in the church at the altar. I can be in the office. I can be on the airplane. I can be anywhere and be in contact with my God. Hallelujah. Because he loves me that much. He allowed his only begotten son to come down and take the form of sinful flesh, even though he knew no sin, committed no sin, to restore us to this privileged place where we could have conversation with him and eliminate earthly priests and deceitful men, deceiving the people, causing them to give things in order to get in contact with God. No, 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 no. God wants one-on-one contact with you. God wants an intimate relationship with all of his children, uninterrupted by other men, uncluttered by obstacles of causing you to stress out and to put yourself in a position of trouble, of trial by mistrusting men who only have ulterior motives of fleecing God's sheep of their sheep, of their fur. Hallelujah. We thank God for that. Prayer is listening to God speak, which means I'm not doing all of the talking. That I can just thank him and sit back and listen and God will begin to minister to me if I have indeed embedded myself in his presence and spent time in his word. God will talk to me. I was created to hear God's voice. Not some, all of us, Deuteronomy 4 and 36 says, out of the heavens I created thee that you might hear my voice, that I might instruct thee. God wants to instruct you. God wants you to hear his voice. God wants you to seek hearing his voice. And you hear his voice through strengthening your prayer life through strengthening your study time and through strengthening your obedience because there's no need to hear his voice if you're going to be disobedient and not do what he says do. He's not going to talk to you and he doesn't need to talk to you because you're listening to the devil talk to you. When you're doing your own thing and you're operating in the flesh and you're outside of the will of God, you're a child of disobedience and the Bible says the wrath of God abides upon the children of disobedience. So I must listen to God speak so that I can get the directions, the orders, uh, yeah, yeah, the instructions of what's next, because there is a next in me fulfilling my purpose, in me accessing the power, the provision, the protection, the presence of God in my life. It says in Psalm 16 and 11, it says, in his presence is the fullness of joy, and at his right hand There are pleasures forevermore. We access this place through prayer. I enter into his presence with thanksgiving. Hallelujah. I come in not necessarily asking for anything, 
But I just come in praising him, knowing that he loves my company, that he wants to spend time with me, that I don't even have to say a word. My prayer can be a silent prayer simply because of my posture and my positioning and where my heart is at any given moment, that it does not have to be an outward expression necessarily, which most people in religion prompt people to jump, to run, to do something outwardly, to try and display that something inwardly is going on. And that is not necessarily the case. I have found with men whose hearts are harder than any stone that exists in the world and that only God can soften that the greatest sign of the inner workings of God through an inner prayer with no outward sign that anything is happening in terms of stomping their feet or singing or raising their hands or moving wildly one way or the other is a simple tear, a set of watery eyes that the Holy Spirit has begun a process to move inside of the man that he's begin to break away the stone and roll it back so that he can begin to enter into this place of relationship with his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and he can begin to travel upon this highway and get in this vehicle of prayer and begin to allow his life to be restored, to be restructured, that everything the enemy has stolen from him can now be resurrected, hallelujah, and he can put on his robe of righteousness and boldly be go before the throne of grace and access his father's presence, not necessarily asking for anything, but simply supping with his Lord and Savior, with his father. We're talking about just hanging out with our father, not asking him for anything, just loving to be in his presence and in his company. Hallelujah. We know that prayer allows us to petition God, and we'll get into some of the scriptures that specifically say these things, we're just giving a general overview right now so that we begin to cleanse our minds and cleanse our hearts from any thoughts or any uh, uh, particular way of thinking that we may have about prayer to open ourselves up that God can take us into deeper dimensions. Because, see, prayer allows me to enter the unlimited realm. Prayer ushers me into the land of impossibility. Prayer makes me, I can't even put a number on it. I was going to say 1 million, but 100 billion times more than I am. And now I have access to all of my father's resources, resources not being just natural things that you can conceive in your little thought pattern. There are spiritual resources. There are supernatural resources. And now I have access to all of those resources simply because of what my father did through the blood of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, I must finish that by growing in the grace and knowledge of God and Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, and what they've done and how they've done it so that I can access it. It makes no sense to have the uh, code to the safe if you're not going to open it. It makes no sense for the table to be set if you're not going to pull up and chair and eat. It matters not if the shoes are set before the path and you're not going to put them on and walk in them. It is a waste of time. It is foolishness. It is dumb. We must be intentional in this thing. Prayer allows me to petition God for help. God did not create me to be on my own in this world. God did not uh, create me 
and give me the opportunity to come back in fellowship with him and take his yoke upon me and to live this uh, yoke easy, burden removing life to be my own provider of my own provision and my own protection. No, he did not. God is my provision. God is my protector. And prayer allows me to access that, to make a withdrawal from the divine economy through my faith because I'm traveling in the vehicle of prayer. That is the power that has been bestowed upon us and given to us that we can petition God for our needs. We can petition God on behalf of our family. We can petition God to give us more faith as the disciples did. Lord, increase our faith. We can petition God for financial troubles that we're going to experience in this world simply because we're too embedded in the world system and the world economies, our paychecks, our careers, our jobs. And a lot of times God must allow those things to be shaken up that you may jump in your vehicle of prayer and travel further and faster on the highway of faith. Oh, I'm talking to somebody right now. You better get excited because God's trying to stir you up and grow you up. You see, he's trying to move you from A all the way up to G. You see, you've been stuck at D too long. Now God is ready to move you further along this supernatural path into your spiritual sonship that you may operate in the righteousness of God and that his glory may flow through you and others may see your good works and you may glorify your father, which is in heaven. And you're going to do this through your prayer life. People will be attracted to you because the anointing upon you, they will know that God hears your prayers. Prayer allows us to operate as God's anointed chosen ones. That we can do exactly as we've been commanded to do in the book of Matthew in the sixth chapter, which is to bring heaven into the earth. Not on earth, in the earth, in its atmosphere, in its physical presence among its people. Again, operating as Christ, the God-man, who's the only door to God. Christ is in you, the hope of glory. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. God gives us the opportunity to enter back into salvation so that he can dwell within us, come and tabernacle with us and we can operate as little gods in this earth. And we do that through prayer. In the book of Psalms, in the eighth chapter, and the fourth verse, uh, it vividly and clearly explains this position and this place and this power that has been bestowed upon man. Psalms 8, 4 through uh, 6. It says, what is man? that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou hast visited him. For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou hast made him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. Now see, these words will either scare you or prompt you to go into a deeper place of study and research to receive what it is God is saying he's given you and to be who God has said he has made you a little lower than the angels that he has visited you and he's crowned you with glory and honor 
and he's made you to have dominion over the work of his hands. We know his hands has created everything in the earth, under the earth, and even in the heavens. He's crowned you to have dominion over those things, over that realm. You have dominion because you have fellowship. You have connection. You have intimacy. You have a prayer life. That's what we're talking about. Staying connected to God. God being connected to you. Because you're hungering and thirsting, seeking after him. Because you're wanting to obey his will and his word and his way. God comes to make his abode with you. He and Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. They come to dwell amongst you. That you may know what it is that you have dominion over. And how to access that dominion. And how to operate in that dominion. God downloads it to you through prayer. Now let's get into the first part of the study now that we've laid a foundation and a groundwork about what prayer is and what prayer allows. How is this prayer ushered in? Because when you read the Old Testament, men always uh, allowed God to uh, visit them or God visited men, we should say through the form of angels, through the Holy Spirit. God would send men on his behalf who were the prophets of old to bring messages. God would come and visit upon a man where the Spirit would hit them, but it would not dwell in them and then leave to accomplish a certain task or a certain assignment to advance his agenda in that generation. But now we've been given more. We don't just get a visitation. If we are obedient and really seeking after him and abiding in him and wanting to walk with him and allow him to walk with us, he comes to sup within you. He comes to dwell within your heart and within your mind. He comes to search you. He comes to try you. He comes to cleanse you. He's not a renter. He's a landlord. He comes to repossess the property. He redecorates the house. He repaints it. He snatches stuff out of the wall and puts in a new wall. He, matter of fact, comes with the wrecking ball and knocks the house down. He cleanses the land. And then he comes in and rebuilds on that property and makes everything new. Behold, all things have passed away. All the old things have passed away. So God comes in and does this great mighty work in the lives of those who will allow him to. Why? Well, let's go to Matthew chapter 27 first and let's look at this. We'll look at these verses concerning what was done. And then we'll have a better understanding as we move forward when we talk about prayer and traveling upon this highway of faith inside this vehicle of prayer, staying connected and close to God. Because again, prayer is the closest we can come to God in this life. In this life, a prayer allows deep intimacy, deep fellowship. It allows his presence to enter into our presence, to rearrange the dominoes in our life, to put us on the straight and narrow, to travel in the way, not the ways of men, not the ways of the world, 
the way, the supernatural way of God. Yes, operating in kingdom authority, kingdom dominion, kingdom honor, receiving kingdom glory. That's what God has for us. But we must get our mind there. We must come out of the shallow knowledge of God in this world, thinking we have to do it the way the world does it. There is a greater way. God has given unto us a more excellent way than the way that we have known before, than the way previous generations prior to us have known and operated in. And it's going to take one generation to put all the generations that are going to come until the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ or the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the second coming upon the supernatural highway. It's like God is asking us, like he asked the prophet Isaiah, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? You must volunteer to enter into this realm. And is your prayer life that qualifies you to go, that equips you to go, that will prompt you to go, to pick up your uh, cross and deny yourself and follow after him, knowing that this way you have not passed before, that there is no one in the world that has the will and wisdom, knowledge, and understanding to properly guide you on this path, on this course, that only your Lord and Savior can do it because it is a path designed only for you and it is your prayer life that allows you to enter the path, to stay on the path, to receive everything you need on the path, on the path, to prosper on the path. Yes, to be protected on the path, to uh, stay in his presence on the path. It is your prayer life. Oh, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. And your prayer life determines your boldness in God. It determines what you're going to ask him for because prayer can be a mirror. Prayer allows you to see yourself the way God sees you. You see, we don't see ourselves as kings and priests because the way we see ourselves is determined by the way the world sees us. We've allowed the world to steal our identity. And I say we as mankind, not necessarily as believers in Jesus Christ, but as mankind created in his image and his likeness, created to do the greater works, created to be the God man in this realm we find ourselves in right now, in the generation we're in. So Matthew 27, verse 51, we're going to read verse 50 and 51. It says, Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. And the earth did quake and the rocks rent. Hey, now, this is the beginning, but yet it is the end. It is the beginning of the fulfillment of the messianic uh, prophecy that was given all the way back in the Garden of Eden after Eve had sinned and God told Satan that her seed was going to bruise his head and his heel was going to, uh, his heel was going to bruise his head. And that's exactly what happened. That's what's happening right now when this veil was torn from top to bottom. God's prophecy in uh, Genesis 3 and 15 when he said, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed 
and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. The veil has been torn from top to bottom. The fulfillment of the one who would bruise his head is now coming forth in its fullness, in its entirety, that he would no longer dwell with men in the flesh. He would now dwell with them in the spirit. He can be all places at all times. He can know all things. Yes, because he would now be seated at the right hand of the throne of God and all power would be given unto him in heaven and earth. And as his sons and daughters, as those who've been predestined to enter into the family, to accept his free gift of salvation, to be uh, uh, um, mm, in, invaded is not the right word, but that's really what it is. An invasion happens when the Holy Spirit comes to sup with a man or woman that he now can operate in this authority through prayer. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, sir. Through prayer, through bold prayers, not small, weak prayers, expecting God to do the impossible simply because he's been obedient to believe that his faith in God through prayer is that powerful. That's why he says, be it unto you according to your faith. He's really saying, be it unto you according to your prayer life is what he's saying. That scripture can be found in, I believe, Matthew 22 and 29. Let's make sure here. Uh, Matthew, do, 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 you dare not knowing the scriptures. No, that's not it. That's not it. That is another scripture which we can apply there, though. When Jesus answered and said unto them, you do err not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. You see, when we know the scriptures and the power of God, we pray different. Yes, we stand different. We resist the devil in a manner in which uh, we know will be beneficial to us and we're not missing out on anything because we don't accept the Ishmael. We've been made to be patient through the scriptures and through the power of God, knowing that God will answer our prayers because we are his children. So getting back to Matthew 27 and 51, the veil has been torn. And it's not that it was just torn. It's the manner in which it was torn. And we're about to wind down here because I believe in giving short messages that doesn't overwhelm you or cause you to try and eat too much just to give you just enough to think about and then come back and have a second helping at another time as we grow in the grace and knowledge of who God is and in our faith and in our position in God, taking our rightful place to be seated at the right hand of him, operating in the authority in which he's given us, because the veil has been torn, it says that Jesus cried out with a loud voice and yielded up the ghost. It was finished. The job was done. The purpose for him coming down from heaven into the earth, operating in flesh, being persecuted, betrayed, crucified, has now been accomplished. Men have now been reinstated. Men have now been restored. Mankind has now been reconnected. The veil has been torn. It was torn supernaturally by the invisible hand of God to show you that it was him. He tore it from the top to the bottom. Hallelujah. Eliminating all obstacles. 
all treachery, all trickery of men telling you you had to do something a certain way in order to be connected to God or be a part of a certain denomination or believe a certain religion. It had all been washed away forever. You can now go to God on your own, whatever condition you were in, and receive the free gift of forgiveness. Hallelujah in the name of Jesus. His blood had washed away all of our sins, all of our iniquities. We could now enter into his presence and be changed and accept the opportunity to be elevated into the high place and be who God says we were created to be and operate in the manner in which God had originally intended to us to operate just like Adam before the fall. Adam had no plans. He had no ambition. He had no career goals. He had none of that. All he had was a love for God to walk with God in the cool of the day and hear his voice and to abide where God wanted him to abide, which is in the east of the garden and to do what God had created him to do, which was to tend the garden. Hallelujah. Listen to me now, my brothers and my sisters. This is what your prayer life will take you back to. See, you got to go back to your past to get to your future. Your past is you were created to be connected to God and be obedient to God and his will and his word and his way to hear his voice, to do what God created you to do, not what the world allows you to do. I'm going to say that again. To do what God created you to do, not what the world allows you to do. You are beautifully and magnificently made. You can accomplish anything. You can rebuild the Tower of Babel. You can go to the moon. You can jump 12 feet in the air and do a 360. You can throw a football out of a stadium. You can hit a a baseball into the San Francisco Bay. You can win a spelling bee. You can build the internet. You can make artificial life by making clones. Because man is created in the image and likeness of God, so he's capable of doing unspeakable feats, good and bad, for the advancement as well as the destruction of mankind. He was created that way. He's just like his God. Even when he's separated from God, he's still made in the image and likeness of his God. He's just disobedient to his God and disconnected to his God. His potential is not cut off. It's just limited. But when he gets connected to his God, when he comes to himself, like the prodigal son, and comes back home and gets in his rightful position, Now he begins to travel on the highway of faith. He begins to utilize the vehicle of prayer so that purpose can be reinstituted into his life so that he can begin to put the crown on that is rightfully his, that the blood of Jesus has afforded him, that he can operate in the place as a king and a priest in the earth, that he can be a man amongst men who's been anointed and chosen by God simply because he readily, willingly, and consistently uses the resources of God, which is prayer, because the veil has been torn from the top to the bottom. God made sure that the earthquake after Jesus had given up the ghost didn't rent the veil because that would have been 
a result of natural forces, something in the earth that men could have pointed to that because the temple shake and it was torn down, uh, the earthquake or rock or something in the temple made it tear from the bottom to the top. No, 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 no. As soon as Jesus gave up the ghost, the veil was rent. All obstacles were removed. Men can now be the God man in the earth. They could now put on the robe of his righteousness. They could be, have indwelling as Jesus Christ did of the Holy Ghost of the spirit to do things that they were not capable of on their own. That the works that Jesus Christ did, they could now also do because the veil was torn because prayer would now become the central thing. It would be the connection that though I was in the earth, I could also dwell in heaven and be at the right hand of my father because I had a connection. There was a line instituted and that line would be in place and kept because of my prayer life. Hallelujah. My brothers and my sisters, this is not it. This is not it. This is the first episode of this because it is so much deeper. There's so much more we have to go in this way that we're traveling now with prayer because prayer is going to be greater. And this is where people misunderstand. When Jesus said to the poor, the gospel was preached. He didn't say credit was given to him. He didn't say food was given to him. He didn't say they would get affordable housing. He didn't say he would move them to a new country or they would win the lottery. He didn't say any of that because all those things are superficial and they fade away. The gospel is preached to the poor. The poor are reconnected to their Christ is what he's telling us. I'm going to show them the way back into the place of power. I'm going to show them back the way into the place of royalty. I'm going to show them the way back into position. I'm going to show them the way back into purpose. And all of these happen through prayer. And I'm getting a little ahead of myself because I'm getting excited. But prayer is a doorway, my brothers and sisters. It takes you to the other side. Yes, faith is the road you must travel upon because without faith, it is impossible to please God. So we can't even get to God if we don't have faith. We can pray all day long. God is not going to hear your prayers. Because we know in the book of John, the Bible says that God hears not the prayers of sinners. No. And you can only travel upon the highway of faith because you believe God. Because you know without faith, it's impossible to please him. Yes. Traveling upon the highway that God has built for us, my brothers and sisters. Jumping in the vehicle because the curtain has been separated. And now... You can enter into the holy of the holies. And you can abide in God's presence and allow the will of God to be done in your life. Mm, mm, mm. Man, what an awesome place to be. Be encouraged, my brothers and my sisters. Be encouraged. We're going to get deeper into this prayer thing. We didn't go deep at all today. We just scratched the surface surface on the shore prayerfully to make you want to come back and hear the next episode as we go deeper. 
just knowing that the veil was torn so that you could even pray and eliminate men doing your praying for you. On the next episode, we'll get into specific types of prayers and uh, the power of prayer and what it has done and what it can do and how prayer can be your sole purpose in life is to allow God to strengthen you to pray more so that you can get in your position because the world needs people who not only pray, but people who have power in their prayer. See, there's a difference between just praying and having power in your prayer because God will answer your prayer when properly assigned and properly utilized for the benefit of all. Oh, yes, he will, because it's in his word. Let us end in prayer. God, I thank you for today. I thank you for opening up this door. Uh, we're traveling in a way in which I've not ventured before. I know not the fullness of the blessing of prayer, but I surely want to know. I'm surely willing to go. I ask that you show me as I continue to study that others may see in a greater light than they currently see, oh, Heavenly Father, that we all may be made the better because we're seeking your will, your way, and your word, that we may become prayer warriors in the earth, oh, Heavenly Father, not only praying for the benefit of others, oh, Heavenly Father, but also benefiting ourselves because uh, others gain faith by what they see you have done and are doing in our own lives. When we are free, others can get free, oh, Heavenly Father. We can't speak of freedom if we too remained in bondage in any area in this world because that'll be the area in which Satan will tempt us, try us, and trick us and deny us, oh, Heavenly Father, access to the fullness of the blessing of prayer. I pronounce a blessing over each and every one under the sound of my voice that we will all grow in this area because it is your will, which is why you have brought this forth in this hour. It is in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, I decree and declare that all is well with your people in the earth. Amen and amen. God bless you, my brothers and my sisters. Until we come together again, stay on the wall, stay in prayer. Amen.